0: As we slowly progressed on the wonderful Argentinian bus network up to Salta, we went past or we were in a place which is quite special because it's home of multicoloured mountains. Now that might sound strange, but trust me, it's true. The the fun thing that we saw was the, excuse my pronunciation, called Humahuaca, which is basically the 14-coloured mountain. Kid you not, Google it, 14 colours on a mountain. Complete bonkers, nothing like you'd ever seen before in your life. This is why the world is really, truly a phenomenal place. That was a great bus journey for that reason. It reminded us a little bit of almost like being in Death Valley. Not because it was overly hot or anything, but the fact you'd be on a long winding road seamlessly in the middle of nowhere. uh, And that was at the best of times. It was quite a cool experience, but those mountains... Just just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I mentioned last week about Salta, home of empanadas. So yeah, imagine a Cornish pasty, but a very light pastry, rather than the thick pastry that you get uh, on, on the pasties themselves. The challenge that we had with Salta, and this is why we only spent the one night there, was lo and behold to us, when we arrived, we realized uh, that we'd, we'd struggled to get accommodation Beforehand, and we weren't sure why I mean, it seemed to be quite a visit- well visited place, a well liked place, and we were struggling with accommodation. So we ended up spending the one-, the one night there because of the relative high cost of the accommodation. But we found out why there was a women's convention going on in Salda at the time we were there. Now, you know, I'm not against feminism or anything like that at all, it's you know, at the time we weren't expecting it, but we did joke that. No matter what people were saying or doing, you know, no matter what we done in our time in Salta, that uh, as men it would probably be our fault for anything that was going on anyway. So we did have a few jokes about that uh, between ourselves uh, when we were there. But the main reason to visit Salta was to have the empanadas. After dropping bags in the, in the hostel, we were given a couple of recommendations for places to have empanadas. So we thought rather than just go to one place, we would go around and sample different empanadas from different places because, well, why not? And also had a cool walk around the the city itself. Just as you'd expect, I imagine, um, the Centro area was quite nice. Uh, There's a little river, the river or the Rio Arias, which was around uh, the Mercado Municipal, the, the main market. Again, loads of sights and sounds in there all types of different you know random foods here and there I think we ended up having a look at a, a little football stadium that we saw as well and uh, the Estadio de Himnesia y Divo de Salda saw, saw a few castles went on the little walking tour basically of Salta itself that was it the empanadas in the evening were absolutely divine I think there you know it amonigueso, uh, ham and cheese, there was carne, you know, different different sorts of meats and seafoods. And, you know, hands down, the best empanadas I've ever had. Hands down, absolutely scintillating. But we'd also realised that because of our little cock up on dollar result, the second set of dollar result, that we were pretty much out of cash. That Argentina would now go back to being, you know, how it should be in terms of how, how much things should cost. We also knew that we were near the Bolivian, but relatively near the Bolivian border, but we decided that rather than spend an extra day or two in Salta and experience really strong accommodation prices, we would head uh, just up the road, up the Route Route 9 to uh, San Salvador de Jorge on the Rio Grande. We'd done that. We stayed in an Irish, I think it was an Irish hostel anyway, Uh, with something that I've never seen before and I've never seen since, which is massive triple bunk beds. Massive triple bunk beds. Now, I don't do well on bunk beds anyway, so I always have to take ground floor. Uh, Aaron normally takes a higher bunk as well. Uh, That's just because of my inability to get up and down ladders. If you remember the Vietnam stories from years gone by as well, uh, that's probably why I'm not trusted uh, with ladders. So I always get the ground bunk where possible. San Salvador, the most intriguing thing about this place was the people. Now, I say this in the the, the best way I can think of politically. In Brazil, we've been used to a multitude of colours. In Paraguay, we were used to uh, a certain colour of the people. I'm just going to say indigenous. I appreciate that might not be the best word, but there you are. Uruguay and Argentina and Chile, we found were predominantly Uh, you know, whiter people, to say the least. And for some reason in our head, I think, we got so used to that in Argentina and and Chile that when we headed up into San Salvador here, it had gone back to, again, dare I say it, indigenous. indigenous. You're quite high up um, in in North Argentina here. You're probably on a par with, you know, sunshine in Paraguay in terms of, um, is it longitude or latitude? One of the two might be latitude. So we were quite taken aback by, by the people. Uh, you know, something we weren't expecting. So again, that's our perceptions at the time. So that was probably the most striking thing about San Salvador. But based on the Rio Grande, uh, the hostel was okay. We just basically went for a walk around. Same things we've done in Salta. Uh, luckily, there was no feminist convention here. So that was okay. So it felt a bit more relaxed. But we walked up and down the river, walked across a few bridges, visited the market, uh, sat in the local park for a little bit. And we went back to the hostel... We went to the hostel and decided that we'd pretty much seen everything we needed to see here. I think this was a Saturday. Uh, we should head off to Bolivia tomorrow. But we also done account of what we'd spent, and yeah, we'd budgeted here and budgeted there for what different countries should cost. And you know, if we could save a bit on accommodation here, great. And if we have a cheap day here, then great. And you know, basically, is our budget. This is what we spent. Where are we standing? We realised that. We'd probably saved between 500 and 1,000 pounds by having done things slightly differently, but mainly because of dollar result. We'd saved a hell of a lot of cash. We'd also saved a bit of time by not visiting some places as well. So that's when we made a decision to head over to the Galapagos Islands. We'd created a budget for it. This was, you know, Aaron's place to see before he died. And we decided that we should head over there. Now we knew that we had to end up in a place called Guayaquil in, in Ecuador in order to get the get the flights or the, the easiest flights over to the Galapagos. We knew that there was a tourist tax or tourist entrance fee of about hundred dollars. Um, and I think we ended up nabbing flights for about a couple of hundred pounds return, hundred pound per, per person, I think, which was extraordinary. Or oh, it might have been, sorry, £100 each way per person. So still great value for cash there. And so it was in San Salvador in the north of Argentina that we decided to book to go to the Galapagos. We'd go just before Christmas. Uh, we'd fly back on the 22nd, I think, of December. And then the following day, the 23rd of December, we'd fly out from Guayaquil again to, to Panama City. Happy days. That was the, the fondest, the fondest thing about San Salvador itself. And from there, we had a bit more of a bounce in our step. You know, now knowing that uh, we're off to the Galapagos as well, how many people could say they've been there? I oh, think of the great things we're gonna see. We knew that we were just about to enter into not dangerous territory, but very high altitude. Bolivia is an incredibly high country. In fact, surprise, surprise, when you're near a mountain range, chances are you're going to be quite high up anyway. But certainly around this area, they are well renowned for being ridiculously high. Now, luckily, we would had a bit of experience in Santiago uh, being about you know 3,000 meters high. But we knew that we were in for, at some points, 5,000 plus. And we also knew there was a rule where... It was, when you're in high altitude, take a couple of days to acclimatise and do not drink. Fine, not a problem at all. Well, this is not 2011 after all. So the following day, it was a Sunday, we booked to get on a bus from San Salvador up to a place called Alakiaca with the aim of making it all the way to uh, quite possibly a place called Tepiza in the, the south of Bolivia possibly to Ayuni, which was home in the Silk Flats. This is where we were aiming to get to. So we're on the bus. Apologies on the last episode. I said that we'd gone through uh, Huaca, the 14-coloured mountain, before we got to Salta. Uh, that's my notes, completely incorrect. It was the uh, Parque Nacional Los Cardones. That's where we had gone through to get to Salta. Uh, the uh, 14-coloured mountain uh, I uh, was between San Salvador and the little tiny border town of La Quiaca. We got into La Quiaca about lunchtime. So Sunday, not a lot going on. Uh, we headed towards the border uh, between La Quiaca and Silas, which is just across the river in Bolivia, but it was closed. Now we're a bit pissed off by this. Now what's going on here? What's happening? All we're trying to do is get into Bolivia. Now it turns out in Bolivia, it was election day. And on election day, Um, or borders closed until I think it was five, six o'clock in the evening. And of course, we didn't know this at the time. And we're there, we're we're in Lakiaka, we're at the border town. We're relatively, relatively high up now. And we're there with a closed, we're there with a closed border. Not a lot we can do. They're not letting anyone across. Uh, Of course, people are, you know, going down the little valley to get, you know, to ignore that. I, I, bear in mind Lakiaka is about three and a half thousand meters above sea level. So, we're there, there's not a lot to do. A couple of other British people that have been on the same bus as well, this lovely older couple, were there as well. We all decided there's not a lot we can do here. Border opens at six o'clock. It's a tiny little place. naffle's happening. Uh, so we thought we might as well just start wake, waiting in line for the border. It's getting to about lunchtime. Everyone's a bit peckish. Again, uh, food provisions are not there because we hadn't expected this to happen. And we're talking to this this couple, We're making conversation, you know, where are you going? Where have you been? You know, what's up? And uh, myself and and the the husband said, you know, we're pretty hungry now. We need to go and find, we're going to go and find some food. And now his wife was saying, basically, look, you know, what are the odds of, you know, you're not going to find food in this town. What are the odds? of doing that. Uh, I think Aaron intervened and said, and then Nancy was a name that, that springs to mind. He said Nancy, trust me, I've traveled with Rob long enough. If the man needs to find food, he will come back with food. He said, any dietary requirements. He said, no, everything's fine. So I walked off with, with the husband whose name still evades me. And we, we found these big, massive bocadillos. If you remember, we spoke about bocadillos in Buenos Aires at the ecological park I mean, these were pretty much the same. They were ginormous, the size of your head. You could build a house out of them. They were that big. So we came back with Bocadios. Big Bocadios, much to everyone's amazement. And fiddling around in the bag, and that's when we realised that we'd picked up a couple of bottles of wine from the first bodega in Mendoza. So we said, well, look, we've got nothing else to do. Um, Oddly, Nancy had some plastic cups with her, which was great. So we opened a bottle of wine. She had a corkscrew as well. Opened up a bottle of wine and we sat there and we were at the border, we were just chatting, drank some wine, had, you know, happy days, basically. Now, a few hours later, you know, we're, we're close to borders uh, being opened. We decided that it was getting dark and what we do that we would go uh, across into, uh, sorry, my apologies again. It wasn't Matancias, it was uh, a Viazon the Bolivian town, just the other side of the border. It was election day. We weren't really sure what was going to happen in the evening. You know, you know, you see all these stories about contested elections and violence and bits and bobs. So we decided we would get into uh, Viazon, We'd walk up the hill. We'd find a hostel for the, or a hotel for the for the night. And then we would create a plan for the following day. A border crossing open. Uh, you know, there was a You know, we were at the front of the queue, but it was uh, almost like a a Royal Rumble getting across the passport control. No one was giving a shit. It was just crazy stuff. Everything got stamped. We paid the visa entrance or no, thinking about it, it's Bolivia. So I think it was visa free. We got the stamp in there. Boom. Happy days. We're into VIAs on. The sun's gone down and you're faced with this massive steep hill. Bear in mind, we've just broken rule number one of high altitude, which is no drinking. So we're all feeling a bit lightheaded, uh, and again, walking up this hill, you're at three thousand five hundred metres. Crazy stuff. All felt a bit lightheaded at the end of of walking up the hill. We thought about getting on a collectivo, but you know, we decided let's be sensible here. Found a, a hotel that evening to stay in, and then you know, reconvened in the morning, basically over breakfast to then make a plan of action. And the reason for that is that in our time at being at the border crossing, uh, we'd sort of developed a decent friendship, as you do when you're traveling. Kind of said, look, you know, these, these guys would be cool to travel with. Let's, let's be open to their suggestions. They like to do things off the beaten track. You know, let, let's see what happens in the morning. And that is exactly that is exactly what we've done. We started our day in Viazon where would we end up? We did not know. What would we do? We did not know. But you'll have to find out next week. So join us for next week when we attempt to crack on with discovering Bolivia and getting over uh, a nasty hangover thanks to wine Altitude. Hasta luego.